Welcome to the Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar, author of The Mystery of History, a world history curriculum for all ages. This pre-recorded podcast is designed for new and returning homeschool parents seeking direction, encouragement, and inspiration from a biblical worldview. And now your hostess, Linda LaCour Hobar. Hello, friends, and welcome back to The Mystery of Home Education, where most often I talk about the art of homeschooling, as in the tips and tricks that might help you get through the day. I do that through our special guests, or I just tell you stories and experiences out of my own journey of 17 years, which I still like to talk about. But today, I am going to head a little different direction, and I will instead give you something history-specific, imagine that, (laughs) and season-specific with a story from World War I. Now, why would I do this just a couple of weeks before Christmas? I'm glad you asked. The answer is that there is a World War I story from Christmas in 1914 that is still inspiring, and it's been 108 years since it occurred, so I thought it would be appropriate for some perspective on the holiday. Now, to help me make this story clear, I am going to narrate the account that I wrote in the Mystery of History, Volume 4. So just put on your listening ears like you're a student, or in fact, invite your students to tune in. This story is rated G, except for a little gross content about living in the trenches on the Western Front. Yeah, that part's a little, but here we go. Here's the excerpt. Most fighting on the Western Front in World War I was not done out in the open, but rather from the dark, dank lines of deeply dug trenches and ditches. Thus, the nature of the fighting was called trench warfare. You've probably heard of it. Trench warfare had been used before World War I, but it was this war that gave it a horrific reputation. You see, life in the trenches was not the romance that many a soldier had dreamed of. Instead, the trenches felt like prison to the soldiers who were sandwiched between these walls of earth for months at a time, with only an occasional week off here or there, if they were lucky. Ranging from 7 to 30 feet deep, depending on the water table of the area, the trenches were no more than 6 feet wide, The Germans first built them after the Battle of the Marne to stake claim to the land they gained and to help them dodge bullets from the other side. In response, the Allies dug trenches on their side, as if to say, the battle stops here, no crossing this line. In between the trenches, in a zone called No Man's Land, each side built up barbed wire fencing and used the graves of their fallen for cover. As you can only imagine, these trenches, lined with miles of sandbags, offered little room for a soldier to lay his head. Filled at times with a foot of putrid water, the trenches were a breeding ground for fleas, lice, and rats. Men suffered trench mouth from the spread of disease and trench foot from living in wet boots. Subject to attack at all hours of the day or night, Men grabbed sleep as best they could when they could. Some of the worst words a soldier could hear were orders to head over the top. Those words meant that a soldier had to step up from the trenches to attack or spy on the other side, and more than likely take a bullet for it. 
Raids and attacks through no man's land were common and usually fatal. One of the many sad results of trench warfare was that it led to the slow attrition of troops or the weakening of them and created a maddening stalemate. While officers remained somewhat comfortable away from the line, for the men in the trenches, weeks, months, even years passed by, with neither side making any significant advance. Keep in mind that these muddy trenches, straight, zigzag, or tunneled underground, extended for 600 miles on the western front, from the English Channel to Switzerland. Trenches on the eastern front were not as developed, because the line between the enemies was more spread out and more easily broken. But as bad as this unique warfare was, I have a sweet story of humanity to share that showed up in the western trenches one snowy moonlit night. As the true story goes, it was Christmas Eve, 1914, when a sentimental group of German soldiers put up tiny Christmas trees with little lights on them and began to sing Christmas carols. With trenches only a hundred or so yards apart, it was not unusual for each side to hear the rumblings or performances of the other. And every now and then, soldiers were known to clap their applause for the other side, or hurl back an insult. But this night was different from all other nights. Here's how one allied soldier described the scene, and I quote, They finished their carol, and we thought that we might ought to retaliate in some way. So we sang the first Noel. And when we finished that, they all began clapping. And then they struck up another favorite of theirs, O Tannenbaum. And so it went on. First the Germans would sing one of their carols, and then we would sing one of ours. Until when we started up, O Come All Ye Faithful, the Germans immediately joined in singing the same hymn to the Latin words, Adeste Fidelis. And I thought, well, this was really a most extraordinary thing, two nations both singing the same carol in the middle of a war. End quote. On Christmas morning, the Western Front was extraordinarily foggy and quiet. There were no planes, no bombs, no shells, and no snipers. There were, however, signs reading Merry Christmas in both English and German, propped up for the other guys to read. One sign stated, You no fight, we no fight. At first, random gifts like cigarettes and food were tossed across the trenches. Men then dared to climb over their ladders and stare eye to eye with their enemies, who in person weren't nearly so dreadful. Soldiers from opposite sides shook hands. Officers from across the line offered toasts. Men shared pictures of their loved ones and swapped souvenirs. A few soldiers started a game of soccer. There was even a haircut between the two sides, as one soldier used clippers on another in a different uniform. Others joined together to bury their dead in mutually shared graves. The band of singing soldiers performing that Christmas Eve was only the beginning of a miraculous truce that lasted to New Year's Day in some places along the Western Front. It seems that the Christmas spirit could not be held back. Somehow, amid the madness of the war, the soldiers truly remembered the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, 
who had been born to save mankind. They stopped for him. They stopped for each other, as if the Prince of Peace was sitting there among them. The soldiers set aside their hatred and put down their weapons. One Frenchman put it this way, and I quote, For an instant, the God of goodwill was once more master of this corner of the earth, end quote. This story moves me greatly. I well up every time I read about the Christmas truce. I wish I could say it brought a complete stop to the war or applied to all the soldiers, but it didn't. Some refused to participate. Among those who refused, according to later reports, was Adolf Hitler, a young corporal at the time. It is said that he sneered at those who were being festive, saying that such things should not happen in wartime. But for those who joined in, it was a brief, wonderful, fragile halt to remember peace on earth, goodwill toward men. To our knowledge, this kind of truce never happened before in history, and it never happened again. It really is something special to remember. Well, that, my friends, ends my narration of the Christmas truce. Once again, that is an excerpt from The Mystery of History, Volume 4. I appreciate you joining me, and I hope and pray that whatever war is in your life this season, be it big or small, I pray it takes a break, a truce of sorts, and that you find peace among the battles of life that rage around you. And if you like this narration, well, I do have more. You can find audiobooks for all of our volumes at themysteryofhistory.com. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you this Christmas season and well beyond. For the sake of the mystery, I'm Linda LaCour Hobar. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for listening to The Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar. For more information on Linda's award-winning history program, visit themysteryofhistory.com, a one-stop shop for chronological, Christian, complete world history for all ages.